first came in here. And I'm going to start with the missus first. And I want all of y'all to know that when I first come in here, I attended Sunday school. Now, they asked me, the angel of this house asked me to give him the theme long before I stood before you all. And I did as I'm told to do. Because the Bible says, do everything in decency and in order. Amen. I did that. God works with me in mysterious ways. And when I did that, God told me my sermon early Monday morning. Two weeks prior to me coming here. And I always posted early to let my viewers and readers know what I'm going to preach about and when I'm going to preach it. Unknowing to me, and I want to congratulate the people that got married. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Marriage is honorable to God. And I want to thank God for you getting married. And I want to thank those that just got engaged. They sound like an older couple. Was that true? Boy, <laughs> God is good, ain't it? I don't care what you're talking about. Y'all better thank God for marriage here, boy. boy. I don't know about this church, but there's something going on here, man. Something is happening in this house. Boy, praise the Lord. Sound like they getting younger and falling in love more and more around here. But I don't know. But when I got here, I came and I attended Sunday school. Now, there was a young lady sitting across from me. I don't know if she's still here or not. I don't know how well she could whisper. But her whispering ain't too good. <laughs> but as we was in Sunday school, your wife began to open up in Sunday school and she began to teach a lesson that God made me shut my mouth. Because if I didn't shut up, I was gonna teach her class. Because her class springboarded right off of my message. Right off of my message. Boy, I was got so full in her class, I almost turned the whole table over. She asked a couple of questions I wanted to answer so bad, I didn't know what to do. God said, shut up. So I shut up, I didn't say a word. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. The young lady across from me, she touched on brother Bob. I think that's his name. Is that his name? That just read the Tom. She told brother Tom he sleep. I wouldn't sleep. I was trying to stay shut up. <laughs> Kept my eyes closed. Shut up! Shut up! So I want y'all to know today that I'm gonna probably get down from up here about four o'clock. <laughs> I know some of y'all say you're going to get out before then if you don't know it. But I'm going to try to get away from here. I ain't going to be here long. And I want to talk to you today about a subject that is dear to my heart. About a subject today that I want you all 
get it dear to your heart. And I want to talk to you about a subject that is truly dear to the heart of God. The passage of scripture that he read today is the passage of scripture for which I'm going to unfold another scripture to you. And the scripture that I want to unfold to you is a scripture that will reveal God's heart unto you. I want to thank you today for this opportunity. And I'm not looking for an opportunity to introduce me to you. Me is no one. I'm just a simple man from an old filthy past. I'm just a man that's just fell down many times. I'm just an individual that was lost in a darkness. That a God that sets high and looked down low and found a man that was no good and wretched and said, get up, I'm here for you. And here I am today to tell you a story about a Shulamite bride that a God said, come here, daughter, come here. I am here for you. Many a times we get caught up and get lost in a stream of life that sometimes says that is over. And right here in this house, we have seen two different decades that has proven that is not over. Yes. Right here in this own house, we have seen that the times have proven that God is still in control. And I want you to know that today that there is a God that is in control. And many a times it's hard to fathom that God is in control because of all of the situations and circumstances that's going on around us. Because of all of the darkness and all of the trials and tribulations that's going on. But I want you to know that regardless of what's happening in life, regardless of how hard it gets to you, God is still in control. And I want you to know that he is in so much control that he is author and finisher of your faith. And I want you to hear me today and I want you to know that the scripture that I want to unfold to you is one that is truly dear unto God. And Sister Abby asked a question and she said, if you had to expound on God in five words or less, what would he be? I almost bit off all of my lips because I wanted to say it real bad. I wanted to tell them what to turn to in the Bibles because it was the main line of my sermon today. And if you have your Bibles, which I pray that you bring every time you come to church, I pray that you bring a Bible or whatever you look at to see God's word. 
Because there's nothing like having God's word when you come into God's house. And if you do, I want you to look at 2 Peter. And I want you to look at chapter 3, verse 9. And if I had to give you a definition of God, I want you to hear these words. The Bible simply says that the Lord, that's him, that's up above, is not slack concerning his promises as of men. Of some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. I mean long-suffering. Y'all don't know how long suffering is. Towards us. Not willing. That any. Should perish. But that all. Should come. To repentance. I want to unfold. This scripture. Unto you. As we walk. Through. The song. Of Solomon. As we walk through the three main characters of the Song of Solomon. In the Song of Solomon, there is the Shulamite bride, which represents a young woman that's being chased by a king. But this young woman represents an individual that has come into the body of Christ young seeking to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ she represents the church she has what they call groupies she has those that hangs out with her those that you know what I'm talking about Y'all done seen Michael Jackson and have them ones that falls out when he comes out on when he came out on stage, they fell out when they heard his name. She has these people that hangs out with her, the church. And then there is the King Solomon. He represents King Jesus. And then there is the Holy Ghost. Now I want to talk to you right here because in the second chapter is where it goes to a very unique stage of the story. Because at the end of chapter one, she begins to experience a very unique stage of her life. She begins to hear him describe some unique things about her. Many a times when we come unto Jesus, he finds us at some very low times in our life. How many of you have been in some low spots? How many of you have walked beside some curves that was taller than you? How many of you felt in some places that you've been some low 
down spots? How many times have you been in some low spirits? And how many times have you looked around and all those friends of yours have walked away? How many times have you wondered where have everybody gone when you have run out of money? How many times have it been when everybody has turned away from you because you can't give them anything else? How many times have it been not so easy for you because all the doors have shut behind you? But I'm here to tell you, God has never forsaken you and he has never left you. I'm telling you, when the days was dark, he was still there. I'm telling you, when the room seemed to be all alone, it was him that was wiping the tears. I'm telling you, when it seems like it was all dust, it was God that was blowing them away from your eyes. I want you to hear the words of the Shulamite bride. As she begins to understand who she is in Christ. Many a times we fall short because we don't understand who we are in Christ. She says that she wants to get a fullness of who she is. And it's hard to grasp who we are in Christ Jesus because many people telling us who we are. How many people know that people will tell you less than what you are to God when God's trying to tell you who you are? She says that I am the rose of Sharon. Now, right there, I want you to know that the Rose of Sharon is a special type of bush. It's not just an ordinary rose. It's a rose that can grow in the desert. It can grow with very little water. It don't need much attention. It don't need much to open up. But if you put it in some water, it'll open right on up but it could still survive with very little water. She said, I am the rose of Sherry and the lily of the valley. As the lily among the thorns is my love among the daughters. In other words, she's trying to tell you, she said, listen, I am one that can survive in the desert, but I'm also one that can spring up among the church folks that pricks at me. The ones I can still spring up in the watery places. And still I can still survive among those that pricks at me. Those that picks at me. Those that hit me in the back those that's supposed to be with me, but still against me. She said, I'm still that lily in the valley. 
I don't know how many of you ever stood on the side of a hill and looked down in the valley. There's no difference in all of them lilies. She's saying, I'm just common. There's nothing special about me. She's saying, there's nothing no different than any other body. She's trying to say, why did he choose me to love? What is so special about me? How many of you felt that way? How many of you felt, why did God choose me? There were some others greater than me. Why did he pick me out to single out? It was some others that looked better than me. There were some others he could have saved that was worthier than I. Why did he choose me? How many of you felt that way before? I entitled this message, What Do You Do With the Greatest Love? You see, God said that he wished that no man shall perish. He chose everybody. Not only did he choose you, he chose the person next to you. He chose the one that lived behind you. He chose the one that slept in the garden. He chose the one that slept in the buttocks. He chose the one in the cardboard box. He chose the one in the big white house. He chose the one in the garbage can. He chose the one that's walking the street all night long. He chose the one with the needle in his arm. God chose them all. How can you not help them all. How can you turn away from any of them? Because God chose them all. The Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave. I just asked a simple question. What do you do with the greatest love? She continues, the Shulamite bride is in, in, in such despair. She, she's in such misunderstanding. She's trying to figure out some things. She's trying to understand in her life. I know some people here just got married. Some people planning on getting married. Listen, I wouldn't too long ago got married and my wife never let me forget it either. <laughs> she never do. But the Shulamite bride continues on and she says, as she goes on in her life, she continues on and she says, as the apple tree, as the apple tree and the trees that would sow is my beloved among the sons, I sit down under his shadow with great delight and his and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, my, my, my. He brought me into the banquet house and his banner. Over, my, over me was love. Ooh, wow, 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 wow. Oh, now she learning. Now she learning. That he begins to show her. He begins to take her. He begins to sustain her. That God's love, what do you do with the greatest love? It sustains you. You see, the greatest love is the one thing that can nurture you in all times. It don't make a difference. Paul said it best. Paul said, when I got it, I'm content. When I don't have it, I'm content. When I'm cold, I'm content. When I'm hot, I'm content. Because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Better yet, maybe some of y'all know it better like this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, for which he meditates on day and night. He be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, and he shall bring forth his fruit in his season. But not like the ungodly. He shall wither up and blow away with the wind. That's Psalms 1. You see, God's love can sustain. It don't make a difference what season you're in. His fruit can sustain. The Holy Spirit can sustain you. God's love can always sustain. It makes no difference where you are. You could be without it and still be all right with it. You can be hungry and still be all right with it. You can be hurting and still be all right with it because God's love it's all right. Sister Abby asked a question. She said, what happens when you don't know? How come people get upset when they don't know? It's real simple. Because they are fearful. See, when you don't know, you're fearful. And the reason that you're fearful it's because of the love. See, when you're in love, how many of you ever been in love and the moment that love go, that person that you love disappears from you? How quick do you get fearful? How quick is fear to fall upon you? And the reason that you get fearful is because you're out of touch. You're out of touch. But this is why God told you, I will never forsake you. I would never leave you. This is so you won't be out of touch. This is why he said, listen, when I leave, I'm going to send another just like me. So you will always have someone. So you will never have fear. He said, because fear is not sent of God. 
Because God don't give you fear. Because he's going to always be there with you. Fear is not of him. Then pretty soon the Shulamite bride learns a lesson. Because as we continue, how long am I here? Y'all better stop me. I'll be here forever. Pretty soon the Shulamite bride continues to go and look as she listened. His left hand was under his head. And he embraced her. Oh, my Lord. How many of you know that it is all right? It is all right that you can go through with God. It is all right through all seasons that you can make it with God. How many of you know that God is a God that allows you a chance to go through? How many of you know that circumstances don't dictate to God? Many a times we get caught up in situations where we believe that the circumstances is so big that God becomes so small. Many a times we can get caught up in things that life becomes such a great big magnitude and God becomes so small. You can ask a person, well, ha have you believed? Do, do you trust in the Lord? Yeah, 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 but, 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 but. No, ain't no but. It's God or nothing. It's nothing bigger than God. He knows the trouble. He was there before the trouble. The Bible says in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the earth. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. See, before all that happened, God had thought about everything that was going to happen that would happen that could happen and that was about to happen because he wrote it all out long before he put it into motion. There's nothing new upon the face of the earth because God done it. Then the Bible continues to say that she was so beautiful and, and, and saying that charge ye oh ye daughters of Jerusalem by the rose of and by the by the heels of the fields that ye stir not up or awaken my love till it pleases let me be ready be ready y'all please be ready because there's a time and a season for everything don't take it out of season. It's one thing that God will always be. And it's one thing that you would have to realize. I know we want to do it in our time, but God is always on time. I know it seems like he never is. And I know it seems like it's always a rush, 
I know it seems like it's always sometimes that it's going to fall and fail. But I'm here to tell you that God is always on time. I know it seems like when they're pushing you and begging you and borrowing from you, and it seems like the bills are steady piling up. It seems like every time that you go to the doctor, he come up with a new diagnosis. Every time you look in the mailbox, there's another bill. Every time you pick up the telephone, there's another one on the phone talking about you owe me. Just hang it up and just say, Lord, is yours. But God is on time. God is always on time. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want you to know that at the end, the Shulamite bride realizes that there was a thing that she had to learn. That when God calls you, you got to come. Many a times we get caught up that we don't want to move when God calls. Many times we want to hold back when God calls. Because we believe when we get into a ritual, when we get into a comfort zone, that we okay. You see, the Shulamite bride got into a comfort zone. She was comfortable with God. And when we get comfortable, when we get in a place, we tend to not want to move. But when we get in that place, that's when God wants us to move. God will call you to come. Come to a new spot come to a higher level, come to a change of pace. And the bride didn't want to move. And she found herself missing God's blessing. And when she did that, God's love is a discipline because she got disciplined. What do you do with the greatest love? You come when he calls. Many a times you have to learn that love will discipline as well. The Bible tells us God chastises who he loves. How many of you ever been spanked by your parents? I know they don't do that no more, but they used to do it when I was coming up. I know maybe some of y'all might have had a spanking at least once. I know they don't do that no more, but in my day they did that. We got a spanking every now and then. But God will chastise whom he loved. And in that chastising, it is love. So I would like to introduce myself. My name is Derek Hill. And I do have my own declaration. And I make a declaration and if y'all agree with the declaration, y'all can make it for yourselves. You can just raise your hand and say, I declare. My declaration is simply, I declare to love the Lord thy God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. I declare. 
I declare to love my wife and love my family as God, as I love the Lord. I declare to serve the people of God and the church as God see fit for me to do. And I make this declaration in front of God, in front of the people of God, and to the people of God at this moment. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, sorry, you're not done. I am done. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was some very powerful words, and what a beautiful reminder it is for all of us. Uh, of the deep love that he has, the love that sustains.